Hey, as we get into the Word of God tonight, we are doing a bit of a different format for this. On Commissioning Sunday, I thought it'd be a great idea that we can have a look into different aspects of how the church works. And uh, some amazing inspirational people are gonna share some amazing inspirational stories about the things that God is doing in our community that you may not have heard of. So I'd love for you to stand your feet and welcome the panel as they come to the grandstand to welcome them up. Welcome, welcome. Pray this grandstand holds for the night. Welcome, take your seats, guys. Welcome to the panel. All right, we have two mics here at the moment. Who gave Pastor Adam a mic? Let's, let's start, let's, all right, well, let's, let's start with you then. Let's ask Pastor yeah. Adam a question. The Bible says that we are to be wise and discerning in our decisions. And um, I wanna know how you can still support the Illawarra Dragons. St. George Illawarra Drake. Look, it's about being dedicated. It's about being committed. Look, it was bred into me. Everybody's blood has white and red blood cells. We're all <laughs> born to support St. George Illawarra Dragons. That's discernment. Um, sure, yeah, okay, that's, that's pretty good. The white red blood cells thing, I, I'll, I'll pay that. Hey, let's, um, let's start with you where you have the, the mic. We, we're gonna hear a few inspirational stories. We've got a bunch of amazing men and women from uh, all different aspects. We have some of the pastors, some are, are just leaders in certain aspects of what we do as a church, but they all have a great story, whether they've been influenced or they are doing the influencing, because on Commissioning Sunday, it's important for us to know that when we go for God, we go with God. It's important to know that if you go by yourself, you end up in burnout and you don't end up with fruit around your life. But if you go with God, you are the majority in any situation. And so I wanna hear some of these guys' stories about what they're doing. Uh, Pastor Adam, with you, you uh, have been a father. So before- Yep, did some things, that was my fault. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the question, we won't go there. But you have led your kids um, through kids and youth and into YA, uh, all three are alive, which is, you know, a tick box in that in itself. But what... Has anyone seen Roman? <laughs> what, what are some keys, I think, from your, your role as a pastor, your role as a dad, as a friend, how do we lead people well towards Christ? So um, you've done it with your kids, you do, I know you do it with your friends, and I know you do it through your vocation as well. What, what are some keys that we can just lead people closer to Christ with? Which straight up from Proverbs, it says, set your child on the path that they should travel and when they grow old, they won't depart from it. So from the early stage, there's a responsibility on the parents to make sure that we're putting them on the right path. So instilling the Word of God into them, having praise and worship around the house, taking them to church on Sunday, whether they wanna be at the beach or at the shops or whatever, but take them to church. It's important to start with the parents going, we're gonna lead our children. Um, but what, what I found is, as time goes on, this society that our kids are facing, there are a lot of loud voices out there and a lot of them belong to the enemy. And that enemy wants to capture our kids' attention, whether it's through devices, through screens, through radio or through celebrities. There are so many things vying for our kids' attention. Mm. So unless we put ourselves before our kids and 
perform in a way that our actions are big and bold and obvious, they're gonna be distracted by these other voices. So we need to make sure that we're the prominent voice in their life. And what I love about the church is that responsibility can be shared. We've, we've all got an opportunity where we can step in front of these kids and do big, bold actions and say, hey, look at me, follow me. And so if the church is united together in their belief and their faith in Christ, we can all walk and say, hey, kids, follow us. So we can join a youth team, we can start a life group, we can coach a football team, we can help a single mum mow the lawn, put ourselves in a position where the kids are looking at us and our actions are so loud and bold that they can't hear these distractions around them. And look, every person comes to a point in their life where they have a personal revelation of what God means to them. But until then, if my kids' friends say, hey, why are you always so kind? Why are you always so generous? Even if they say, because my dad always is, or my life group leader always is, if, if that's all they've got for now, that's enough for me. Because I know later on down the track, that path that we, we and all of you guys have helped us lead our children along, they're gonna return to that path whether they get lost or not, so. That's great. We, and, and for many people in here who have never been to an AM service, um, the 6 p.m. Is, is not all this church is. I know many of you think, man, this is what it is. But in the morning, Pastor Adam and the team have 200 plus kids through here. This is a, a generational church. We are leading the next generation into the, the things of God. And those principles that he shared are not just for kids. That's how you influence your world and your friendship groups and things like that by prioritising and sticking to things like church instead of the beach and things like that as well. Can we pass the, the mic to Matt up the back? Matt Clark, everybody, great man of God. Part of the collective and... Uh, uh, this guy inspires me. He's just changed seasons of life. He's, uh, he's got a new bub, I think. She's nearly one. Yeah, like 10 months. 10 yeah, months. Crazy. 10 months. She's walking already. Yeah. Close. Yeah. Four. yeah. We won't be that. soon at the rate she's going, hey? And, um, and during, Matt serves in a bunch of different areas, and, and his wife does as well. They have a life group. And from memory, did you take a two week break for life group when you had? Yeah, two weeks off when they had a, a baby. And he also serves in the lounge and does a bunch of things. And he's inspirational because no matter the season that he finds himself in, I've, I can always see Matt leading something in the church to a certain degree. So question I have for you is uh, why? And when many people go into that next season, they'll, they'll tap out for a bit. Why is serving so powerful for you? What has it done in you? Or why is it such a big value for you in your household? Yeah, great. Thanks, Chris. Um, well, to me, I think that seasons will always change, but there are a few things that don't. The love of God never changes, and our purpose never changes. Uh, first, the first thought that always just drives me is, if God never did anything else for me, He's done enough. And, and more than that, He's put me in a great family, He's put me in a great church, He's given me gifts and talents in my career, like, like all of us as well, um, in, in our ability to serve, our spiritual gifts, our discernment. And he, it, well, like, it would be just wasted for me to hold that onto myself, you know? Like, he's done too much, I can't. I, like, I think of Paul, he says in 2 Corinthians 5, it's the love of Christ that compels me. Um, and the other thought that Paul also shared with the Corinthians was he talks about how we're, we're like a body that fits together. Everyone has a part to play. He talks about, you know, we talk a lot about hands and feet, which is important as well, but Paul's like, actually, yeah, you know, there's actually a stomach and an eye and an ear. and. Um, all these different parts to play, and that tells me two things. One, it means that if I've been designed like that, um, there's literally nothing more fulfilling for me than to fulfill my purpose as part of the body. 
if I'm designed that way, and I found that to be the case as well. Um, I, I love my job and I, I, I love everything else, but it's so satisfying to be able to serve in that way. And the second thing it reminds me of is, you know, unless you're doing it for medical transport or transplant, if you take an organ or a body part out of the body, um, it's no longer able to fulfill its actual function, um, and it eventually can wither up and, and die as well. And, and, and not just for myself, but for our marriage and for our, our growing family and, and our life group, for our friendships, for all of that. Um, the power of connection and community is just so profound. So in the same way that we get to serve, my wife and I and our daughter in, in running a life group and serving in the lounge, um, and, that, and that's our part to play. Um, the body also helps us when we need help, when we need um, connection, and, and I just think you, you can't go past it. Amazing. Can you, you can just go preach, I think. I think you can just get this man a pulpit. <laughs> it's amazing, yeah. Yeah, we'll just go, you just go for it, Maddie. Um, Maddie, can you pass to Charlotte here, please? Let's uh, bring the average age of the questions down a little bit here to Charlotte. So Charlotte, uh, you, you run in youth, uh, you're a youth leader, uh, you do some great things there. So the question I have for you, what, what is the craziest thing that you've seen God do in youth, whether in your group thing. or in your friendship circle? What, what's God doing? Yeah, honestly, that question makes me go, wow, we, what we do is so awesome and so cool what we get to do. Um, and there's like moments every single week where we're like, wow, God's so cool, He's moving in this way, He's moving in this way. But like to say it simply, like there's every single week team and like us on team look at Maddie or Liam and we go, we're standing in answered prayer. Like every single week, God shows up and answers prayer. Um, so yeah, the coolest thing is like every single week, God never fails to show up and we stand there going, heck, we get to do this. We're standing in answered prayer every single week. So yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Do you, and you run a, a group as well? What yeah, grade life do? groups. Yeah, seven. They're grade the cutest seven. little things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you just started up for this year as well? Yeah, just started up. We're in like two of youth, so... They're hungry, they're excited, they're loving it. What, what do you expect? If you wanna have one win for the year, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, if you wanna see one thing built in your group of girls for the year, what would it be? Um, honestly, my main goal is for me to move out of the way and build self-sustaining Christians. It's not my job, it's... That's great. Yeah, it's purely just, I'm there to be a bridge builder for them, I'm there to be, here's a gateway for something you, you don't know how to get to. Yeah. Um, and it's just my role to be like, here, this is what I've done, this is what I've walked. Let me step aside and do greater things than I have ever done, so. That's yeah. amazing. I think you, can, you and Maddie can just tag team, yeah. <laughs> um, can you pass the mic back to Maddie, please? Pastor Maddie. Hey, hey. Um, the next gen, what are they like? What, what can you tell us about the next gen and what are you most expectant to see from them? What, what about them excites you? So good. Shout out to my youthies. Yeah, come on. Yeah, they're crazy. <laughs> nah, um, I think, <laughs> love yous. Um, I think there's a couple of things that come to mind. One, definitely passionate. Um, we have a young generation that's passionate. Um, they are determined and they are hungry for a move of God. And um, you know, as Charlotte was saying, every Friday night we get to see the most insane thing take place. Um, you know, Friday night, we had so many kids down the front just surrendering their everything to God. Um, you know, we hear stories about kids starting life groups and Bible studies in their schools. And, you know, we hear stories about 
families that have been radically changed because a kid has found the freedom of Jesus Christ and now their family's coming to church, getting involved. So I think it's, um, it's crazy. They're, they're hungry and they're passionate. And um, you know, I think we're all aware there is such an attack from the enemy on this young generation yeah. um, for their mind, for their heart, for their soul, like everything that they are. Um, but because they're passionate and hungry for a move of God, they're standing up, they're going, you know what, we're gonna stand up for what's right, we're gonna stand up for the things of God, um, put our armour on, like we're ready to fight against the enemy. Um, and so I know for Liam and I, we know that um, the younger generation that we serve are gonna play such a significant part in the move of God that is coming. Um, yeah, best is yet to come, real excited. Mm, I love that. And, and for people who don't know, Pastor Liam and Maddie, these two fight hard for the next generation. They're amazing. The stories they tell me, the people they walk with, it's incredible. So I know there's hope for that next gen with you guys. And, and as soon as I hear Charlotte speak as well, I'm like, oh, these guys are gonna run a great church eventually. Um, all right, let's transition from youth to YA. Talia, you do both youth and YA. Uh, you run a youth life group. You run a YA life group. You probably don't have any time to yourself, but we are thankful for you serving in the house. Hey, um, within your groups, what, what, what's the vision for your groups for this year? Like, what do you wanna accomplish in your groups? Um, is it a, a greater level of discipleship? What's, what's your goal with that? Tim Tam Slams. That's, that's an awesome vision, I love that vision. Yeah, I really think <laughs> when I think about the vision that I have for my life groups, and it's the life groups, I think in our church in general, it's really just to have that deeper level of discipleship and community get brought out. I think when you go to such a big church and when you have so many people that come from great different walks of life and different levels of faith and different knowledge of Christ, it's so important to get them on that smaller level and that deeper level and really mm. just get down to the core and the crux of um, what discipleship is and um, just creating that beautiful community. And I think, yeah, when I um, even just look into this year, I think my main vision for this year is to really just strengthen that community within all, both of my groups. I think, especially like for females, I think it can be so hard to um, find community. And I think especially when you get into YA, it can be a little bit daunting even to reach out and to um, just connect with people that maybe you haven't ever spoken to before. So I think, yeah, I really, really want to just strengthen that community and that bond between them. Um, and I'm, we're seeing that already in all of our lives life groups, just people coming together from so many different paths and walks of life and just strengthening each other and encouraging each other um, and discipling each other. I think as Charlotte was saying, I would love to just be able to stand out of the way and just see them flourish and see them sharpen each other and um, just champion each other on to grow more in Christ and to just fall deeper in love with Jesus. Yeah. I, think, I think that's such a healthy, healthy goal as well because we live in a a generation where we've never been so connected, yet you can sit in a crowd like this and never feel lonelier. And so you need a smaller group of people where you can be vulnerable and, and intimate and have people praying for you and believing for you because like Pastor Mark says, you don't just trip over a friend in here. We don't keep them under the seats. He says, you have, they have to be made, you have to make friends. And it's really hard to do that in a large group of people. You need a, a smaller group. And so that's why life groups are so important. And I, I love that you wanna cultivate in that as well. I was half expecting you to inject with something, Adam, you took the mic back. Nothing? No, no one wants to get in my intimate small group. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hugger. It's the way you are. 
<laughs> uh, can you pass the mic to Offer for safety? And <laughs> also, Offer, I wanna ask you as well, you um, obviously song leading here tonight and uh, I know your journey and what God's done in your life, which is really powerful. And you came through internship, um, you uh, sing so beautifully. And, and so for what, what is worship to you? This is clearly a passion for you. Um, what, what is worship to you and what has it done in you? Um, for me personally, worship is my ultimate response Great. to who God is. Um, we serve a God that is loving. And if He had not loved me, I wouldn't be here today. Um, worship for me is a chance for me to remember God in all aspects of life. Um, it's, it's a chance for me to, I guess, put myself in a position to say thank you. Because He saved the wretch like me. The songs that we sing are all reminders of who He is. He is a giant slaying God. He is a God of purpose. He is a God of promise. In Revelations it says that He is the Alpha and He is the Omega. He's the beginning and He is, in the, he is the end. In, in Psalms 150 verse 6 it says that let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And knowing that God is the beginning of me and the end of me, what I do in the middle is, as long as this body has breath, I'm gonna praise God. Right. Because he, he has brought me a long way. He has brought me so far. And why not? He's worth it. He's absolutely worth all the praise. I mean, when we, saw, when we see a team score, we jump up and we worship and we're like, that was so good. We don't know them personally. We don't know who they are on, on, on a personal level. But when God does something small in our lives, He knows who we are. He knows the good things and He knows the bad things, but He chooses to love us anyways. And He shows that by giving the ultimate sacrifice through Jesus Christ, who gives us salvation. And for that reason, I'm gonna praise Him with every breath that I have. Amazing offer. And I think to target that as well, your response is, is worship and it uh, manifests itself by, by song leading. When I'm thankful to God, it doesn't manifest itself by song leading. So, but it always does, a response to God's goodness and love and faithfulness always takes place like what Matt said as well. And the way that is depends on your gifts and talents, what you are gifted about and passionate about, you are to respond to God by serving and loving Him in that way. And then it produces in your heart what it does in Offer's heart, which is this immense fulfillment and, and satisfaction as you pour it out to God. So whatever that is for you, you'll always feel like there's something missing if you don't have that, that pathway of response of thanks to God. And it may be worship, uh, it may be leading a life group, it may be kids. Um, and for, for Clute, it is kids. Can we pass the mic to Clute, please? Clute is an, an, an amazing man. He, what time were you here this morning, Clute? Were you on this uh, morning? 7.30, earlier than usual. I was here at 7.30. So every morning, every Sunday morning, Clute is here and he, and he serves in kids for both services. He's here before anyone else and they will probably leave when everyone else is gone. That's what kids ministry is, yet every Sunday night he comes to church for him, to worship God for, for him. And, and that makes him, and he is a full-time job during the week, this is his weekend, and he gives a whole day. That's, when you've got a family and you've got things going on, you realise what a sacrifice 
that is. And so this, this must mean something to you, doing this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and so I'd love to tell you what it means to you because the drive is, is so immense. But again, what has it done in you? What has serving done to Clute? Yeah. Well, I grew up through the church, so I grew up the same as what I see all the kids that we look after do. And it's only because I had a leader and a pastor that cared enough about those kids and, and had a real connection to God. He put into me that God was real from the age of like seven. So as the back in the 90s and, and 80s, etc., that's very long before most of you were alive. Um, <laughs> there was a whole, it was very much about slain in the spirit and you know, the Pentecostal two-step and there was flags and there was handkerchiefs and all that sort of thing. And a big part of it was, I was praying in tongues from the age of seven. And not because as a brilliant kid, that, that wasn't the case, but it was just more, he got that into me, it was real. And that's what I want for the kids here. That's why I love doing it, that's what I love doing here, is every, we want every kid to know they are personally connected to God. Yeah. It's not their parents, it's not the church. They're not saved because of what their parents pray. They're saved because God wants to hear from them. So when they're insecure and they're at school, they hear from God. When they, when they need something, they can talk to God. I try and get across them and say, it's you. God loves you because of you. It's not because of anyone else. It's not anything else that anyone does. It's you. And what I get out of that is, it's you know, what Matt already spoke about as well is, everyone always talks about, oh, I want a purpose in life. You know, what's my purpose? We have it here. Like it's, there's multiple purposes. Everyone here has already talked about it that we have that we can do. Like for me, it's kids because I have three kids and I love seeing those kids just connect to God and have that connection. So for me, that's a purpose. So I know in my whole week here, I do another job and I love doing that as well. But this is where I have a purpose. I know what God wants me to do. That's amazing. amazing. Is it hard sometimes? Does it get hard sometimes? <laughs> there's challenges. There's challenges. And even with my own kids, there's challenges. But, and there's kids where you sort of sometimes look at I was talking to someone this morning. Some kids, you look at them and you know they're going to become a travelling pastor later in life because they're ratty and annoying. <laughs> but then you also know that they actually do get it. Yeah. They actually do connect to God. So while they may be annoying and being really smart alecky and all that sort of thing, maybe like Liam or Roman and you know, like those sort of guys, <laughs> um, they, you know that they actually connect with it and you'll see them come through, like Dave Hall, so everyone might have heard him talk. My family had him as a kid, like his father and him stay with us. Dave was horrid. Dave, <laughs> I'm sorry Dave if this goes over the internet, but he was, he was not fun, okay? But seeing what he is now is just amazing. You just go like, that man's got something on him. Like I've seen him yeah. preach to youth, I've seen him preach here and that's what I love seeing. Where you see those kids coming through that doesn't matter how they look at the start, as long as you get that real connection into them, whatever happens in youth, and we've got youth here that helps them as well, but whatever swells around them going to uni or whatever else, if they know for sure that God is real, then nothing can change them. Yeah. Sorry, I'll stop. But yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> Thank you, Clute, for all your service as well. You're changing so many lives. I can't imagine how many of our own Dave Halls will be in the same situation saying, thank you, Clute, for putting up with me when I was young. Um, let's go into YA. Can we pass the mic to Connor, please? Connor, you are in a range of, of things, but more focused in our St. Lucia service 
um, this year, which is uh, awesome. So St. Lucia is pioneering. I know there's been, uh, as with any pioneering aspect, there's always uh, teething pains, some challenges as you're setting it all up. Um, and I know the dedication that's you've done that, you've put in that yourself, you've uh, helped us find uh, trailers, you've gone above and beyond in your, in your serving. Um, why is why St. Is Lucia, why is pioneering that worth all your time? Yeah, from the, from the start of uh, when the idea of St. Lucia um, come about and I just jumped on with uh, Pastor Caleb and Pastor April and very keen to join and, and see where we could go from there. Like we already had uh, Red Frogs within uni ministry um, at uh, UQ um, and seeing as it was going to be based at UQ, um, it was going to definitely um, open up another avenue that we could go down to be able to connect with um, the, not only the college students but also the university students there at UQ. Um, so it was very uh, exciting to jump on board there and from the moment we said go, it was um, everything just went running and it uh, stuff hit the fan sometimes but we overcome that um, and the amount of turnout we had last year, um, each service was around about 100 university students. Um, the amount of decisions that were made uh, for God during that year. Um, and to be able to do it all again this year um, and to come out fighting the good fight and be able to uh, take another step forward and have more services as well is just an amazing opportunity. Um, and the generosity, not, not, from, not only from other people, but especially from this church as well, that um, we've been able to do that and, and utilize that in a really good way. So. Um, and and for, from St. Lucia, we are going to yeah, get more services, more gatherings, like you said, a new venue as well. Um, and to, to bump in a whole service like that takes a team of people that are, are dedicated to it. It doesn't, not just like we walk into the room and it's all set up. It takes people giving up their time and their talent and their weeknights and their friend circles and their hangout time because they believe in a cause and something greater than themselves. So again, thank you for that. And uh, I know last year you were heavily involved in uni ministry as well. well what were some of the, your funnest memories from uni ministry days? Oh, there was a lot. Um, no, there's, uh, it's a really great opportunity within uni ministry. I was running Union College uh, Red Frogs team there and uh, going in fresh as a City Point team, creating that team from scratch and being able to work our way back into the college and create those connections. Um, the, the, my most favourite part about that was just building those relationships. Uh, by the end of the year, I was um, getting some guys out for coffees and taking them out for lunch, breakfast, whatever the case may be, just to remove them from that atmosphere that they were so set in um, and to be able to bring them out into just a normal public setting and talk to them about my life and how God's transformed my life. Um, and then that way, it's sort of like get into their uh, sort of social setting in the same, in that, in that sort of way, so. That's great, that's great. Can we get Trent a mic, please? <laughs> Trent Wilcox, everybody. Trent, you uh, run a life group for YA, um, Lads Life Group. Yes, I do. Yes, you do. Um, and they're lads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know Caleb's talked to me recently about uh, some of the things you have planned for this year in your group and some of the outreach ideas you have. In terms of your group, what are you, what are you most proud of your life group for? Yeah, well, I'm a very proud life group leader. I've uh, just journeyed a long time with a lot of the boys in the group. Uh, just seen so much 
uh, fruit come out of their lives and just seeing God do wonderful things through the time. And I guess I'm just constantly reminded um, of the significance and the importance of fellowship, um, that it's not just something that we talk about and something that's fun to do. It's good to hang out and eat good food, but it's actually something powerful that happens when we do it. Like, um, I just remember like every time that we pray, um, it's just, or have communion or um, that, we, that we open up the word together, that it's always just a moment where everyone's just involved, participating, and everyone's receiving something different. Everyone's contributing and um, just like, God is speaking to everybody in a different way through other people. That's what I really love. And I've, uh, got, I've got a testimony. I was, uh, I was told to share one. So I've just got it just here. One second. Um, and this is one of the testimonies from one of the guys in Life Group. When I first started coming to Life Group, I was in a really bad place in my life and at the weakest I've ever been in my faith. And the environment in Life Group was the biggest influence on me finding my way and literally saved my life. Through Life Group, I found new friends whose influence was always positive and reminded me of the impact that community and faith can have. Life Group provided a real and personal and intimate support, and after a message of overcoming addiction and sin through the love and relationship with Christ and his followers, I have recovered from a long smoking addiction. And like, I just, there's, there's just always so many testimonies like this and you know one of the guys um, says that this uh, has been the, the that life group is the biggest part of my spiritual formation wow. and when you look at how spiritual formation works you, you have your holy you have holy spirit you have a scripture and you have community it's like this triangle let's talk about it in theology school anyway um, <laughs> but like I was thinking about it like without community you grow weird without scripture you grow dumb and without Holy Spirit, you just grow powerless. <laughs> and without three of those things working in, in unity, then you, your, your spiritual formation is gonna have alarm bells going off. Yeah. Um, and you know, these testimonies that come isn't, isn't by anything that I've done or isn't because I'm a good life group leader or anything like that. You know, Zechariah 4, 6, it says, not by might, not by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Yeah. And this is just the result of what fellowship does. Fellowship creates results. And Jesus says that when two or three are in agreement together in my name, I'm there with them. I'm there to break down the enemy's lies and habits over our lives. I'm there to um, bring new mice and build, and build people up in the innermost places and help them to step out into the uttermost places as well. Um, I'm just so proud of my life group boys and they oftentimes teach me as well. So it's just amazing um, the conversations and how they're growing in a passionate faith, but also in an intelligent one as well. Yeah. So. Oh, I don't know awesome. about intelligent, but. Oh, <laughs> Pastor Mike to Pastor April, please. Pastor April, we'll finish with you. Uh, from from a, a, a leadership perspective over the young adult community, what are you most excited about? Out of all the things you've heard in YA, if you could summarize it down, what, what are you most excited to see this year for 2022? Yeah, I mean, there's so many things. There's, there's so many things that people have shared on, but um, I think for Caleb and I, one of the key things we're excited to see is um, to see what discipleship looks like in YA this year. You know, um, these guys have already touched on it, but over the last couple of months, we've already seen 10 and more life groups start up, which yeah, well. tells me that people are hungry to be discipled, but also to disciple others. And so um, it, we're super excited for that. And I think as well, we're really 
excited to take that to St. Lucia and our St. Lucia services and see discipleship really grow and happen there with life groups and um, just building a really strong community over at St. Lucia. And, you know, we don't just um, put on life groups for the sake of it or for the sake of, you know, counting numbers, but we do it for the sake of these people's lives. And there's so many amazing testimonies that come out of that. So um, discipleship, yes, but also I have to sneak in another one is we're super excited to see the way YA are activated and mobilised this year. Um, there's so many different avenues and ways people can serve and can be um, mobilised, but, you know, that's through our St. Lucia services, through Unimen, through life groups. We've got um, our Influencing Society label that's happening. We've got our YA nights that are happening. There's just so many different ways, but, um, and YA's always, even at City Points, from the moment we've come, that City Points always been um, a missional church, which we love. And um, it reminds us of in James, where it says not to only be hearers of the words, but doers. And so we're excited to see YA be doers of the word this year. And I think it's gonna be a good year. So much happening. That's awesome. We put our hands together for the panel as well. Thank you, panel. You guys can take your seats. You guys are awesome. Pastor Mike, I think we have a few more for the preaching roster that came through in there. Amazing. We've got a, a few minutes left and I, I'd like to share a bit on that. But what April said at the end there was, was something so key that not to be hearers of the word only, but doers of the word. And as I listen to all these stories around these inspirational people doing great things for God, um, you always look at that and look at the, the pattern and is there something common? Is there something common to people who do great things for God? And as you look through the Bible, I always see that um, from the very first, when we look at Abraham at the start of the Bible, he encounters God, has a conversation with God and God's first comment to him is leave your nation and go, straight away. As soon as he encounters God, he's told to go. The same thing happens with Moses. Moses encounters God through this burning bush moment. He sees a burning bush and it's not a big talk about your feelings, feelings that get to know each other. It's go, save my people from Egypt, rescue them from that. Every time in the Bible, someone truly encounters the reality of God, they're told to go. Even Peter, Peter's fishing in a boat. Jesus is there, Peter's been fishing all night. He's caught nothing. And then Jesus says, let down your nets on the other side. And Peter says, at your word, I'll do it. And he pulls up more fish than you could ever hope. The boat starts to sink and Peter starts to see a bit of the divinity behind the flesh of Jesus. Every time someone encounters the reality of God, they are sent, they go for God. Because God in His nature is a missional God. He's always doing things. His nature is the missio Dei, the mission of God. He's always moving, He's always on purpose. And so when God's going somewhere in a life collides with Him. When you have an encounter with God, you don't just bounce off and do your own thing again, you go with God. And if God's on mission, you're on mission, but sometimes in our lives, we don't go with God or we see people that are doing great things for God, but we don't really have that same conviction. And I think there is something that creeps into the Christian worldview. The Bible says that in the end days, it's gonna get a little bit crazy in the church for different reasons. And, and the, the reason for that, I think is because 21st century Christians sometimes don't have a real encounter with God. They have an encounter with something, but it may not be the reality of God. 
I think most times and a lot of times people worship the concept of God, not the reality of God and therefore their lives are not transformed. In Isaiah, Isaiah was a prophet and he was the Old Testament equivalent of like a celebrity pastor. He was, he was rich. He had, uh, he had a voice to the people. He was rolling around with the kings at the time. And he goes to God and he starts complaining to God about how bad the people are. God, you need to fix your people. You need to smite these guys. These guys are doing wrong. These guys are doing wrong. And then in Isaiah chapter six, he has this moment. He says, and in this moment, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. He was high and lifted up and the train of His robe filled the temple. And above it stood angels, each one had six wings. And one cried to one another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of the angels crying out and the house was filled with smoke. And he has this moment going from blaming other people to reflection on himself. This is the moment where God goes from being a concept to him and he sees the reality of God. He says, I said to myself, woe is me. I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King. I have seen the Lord of hosts. And then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said to them, here I am, send me. Isaiah has this moment. So often in our Christian lives, if you think of your life as a cup of water, the concept of God is like a leaf that sits on top a concept you can shape, a concept you're bigger than. And this is why the concept of God cannot change people's lives, but the reality of God is like when you drop a rock into a cup of water and it displaces the water. When the reality of God, an encounter with God comes into your life, it displaces you who you are. Everything gets shifted and moved and changed and you cannot help but be different. And in this moment as we're closing, at the end of the service in just a moment, we're gonna worship in just a minute and we're gonna pray. We're gonna be commissioned this year for the great things of God. But in this moment, I just wanna give every person here an opportunity that if God's been a concept to you and you haven't encountered the reality of who you is, who He is, this is not a time to mess around. You may have been coming to this church for 10 years. You may be a leader in this place but you haven't encountered the reality of God. It's, it's a concept, healing's a concept to you or His love is a concept to you. You know you should feel it, but you haven't encountered it. Our God is a real God. There's too much at stake to mess around with concepts and not have the reality of who He is. And so right now I would just like to pray in this moment if we can close our eyes and, and bow our heads. If, if anyone is here in this moment and God is a great concept to you and you try and follow the rules, but the reality of who He is has been distant from you, it's because the reality of God hits us when we submit our lives to His Lordship, not just a concept, of worship, of a greater God, of the love of God, of something out there. But when we surrender our lives to His Lordship, we encounter Him in a real way. And if if that needs to transition in you tonight, if you need to, if you can be honest with yourself and and realise I haven't had that real encounter, I haven't really got Him, I've got a concept of Him, but I want the real thing. I want God as my Lord, as my Saviour. I want Him to displace my life and change things from the inside out. If you need to change from the concept to reality of God, I'd love for you to put up your hand in this place so we can pray together. Thank you, I see that hand. Thank you, I see that hand. 
Jesus' hearts open up to you in this moment, will you just reveal the reality of who you are? We don't want a concept. We don't want an idea. We wanna know you personally and really. God, right now with those hearts that are opened up, Holy Spirit, will you start to refresh and regenerate them from the inside out? Will they start to feel your love and see you like never before? Will there be, will you open the eyes of their heart, Lord, that they can see you clearer than ever before? We thank you, Jesus, that you have just become the Lord of lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we go into 2022, and we always say this, but when we believe for revival, when we believe for a revival out here, it starts with revival in here. It starts with a, a person that's vulnerable and courageous enough to say, like Isaiah said, when God says, who shall I send? But imagine if God had a plan for your workplace. Imagine if He wanted to change something in your workplace and He's asking the question, who shall I send? If He wants to change something in your family and He's asking the question, who shall I send? If He's asking to change something wherever you are in whatever sphere, in your sporting sphere, the cafe that you go to, your hairdresser, your barber, if only God had a plan for them. And God's asking you the same thing as He asked Isaiah, who shall I send? And Isaiah stands up and he says, Lord, send me. I was kind of on mission before I was saying things, but I wasn't all in. This year, this year, can we be commissioned by the Spirit of God to do great things in our world?